0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the second episode of the new season of the Luton Town Sports Trust podcast. As always, I'm Kev. I'm your host of the podcast. I've got with me the regular guests, James Cunliffe, the Luton Town, uh, sorry, the Lutonian journalist, and Luton Town Sports Trust chair, Tony Murray. And we are joined once again, as we were last season, by Dan Barrett-Davis, trust member and town fan. Gents, I trust you're all well. Good, night. Yeah, good, Thanks, yep. Very you're well, nice. thank you. Fantastic. Thanks for joining us again, Dan. Hope, uh, hope you have a good time. Oh, thank you very much for having us back.
1: Yeah, must be doing something right. It's nice. (laughs) You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Either that, Dan, or you drew the short straw, mate. (laughs) Well, I I did say to Kev when he asked about coming on, I thought you must have run out of invites. You know, everyone else must have given the cold shoulder. No, what it is, it's Tony slags off
0: Wickham. James is a bit neutral, but you slagged off Watford, so you get an invite back for that. It's... uh, (laughs) It's well, uh, it's all good. Okay, here's what we've got coming up on this episode of the podcast. We will split it into two, as we did last season, as that seemed popular with everyone. In this first um, part, then, we will reflect on what wasn't as busy a deadline day as maybe some were expecting, but there was a controversial move, which we will discuss. We'll also look back at the first five games of the season and assess the start that the Hatters have made. And then in part two of the podcast, we will go through, well, we'll um, reflect on the performances in particular of a couple of players. Uh, We'll have a little chat about the um, safe-standing developments that came out last week, and we'll review the upcoming games once the international break is over. Let's get started then, chaps, on this first uh, part of the podcast. Um, James, I'll start with you. little bit of a surprise on deadline day. I think we were expecting a lot of ins and a lot of outs, but we weren't necessarily expecting the out of Peter Chioso. I'll cover where he's gone in a minute because there is two sides to this that has been in the rounds on social media. So let's start with the player himself first. Peter Chioso, the player. Are you surprised that he's gone?
2: Yeah, I am because he, he made a decent start to the season. Um, I guess the question is whether he was going to be first choice once all the defenders come back. Um, <clears throat> You know, he did play well against Barnsley. Obviously, he got the hook against Birmingham. And I like him as a player. He's, you know, full throttle, loves the tackle, pretty good in the air. Um, but, you know, it's, it's the same with most players. that like we, we only see them on the Saturday. And, and maybe there was something in training where it suggested he wasn't quite as far ahead as, as Bree. I know people have got a lot of opinions about that, you know, but we don't know. So, um, uh, it, yeah, it was a strange one. Um, and I'd rather he was still at Luton. But we can only go the minute by what the statement came out last night, which is that he wanted to play first team football and, and he wanted to go there because it was familiar. So um, until we know any more, uh, it's, it's wild speculation that so, Tony, it was you know. a weird.
0: It, it was a weird statement, Tony, because normally when a player leaves, let's just say, for example, Elliot Lee, which we'll come on to uh, in a moment. Elliot Lee went with a joyous message, uh, "Good luck, you know, have a fantastic season. We'll see you at the end of the season, etc., etc., etc." This one was kind of had a vibe of, "Well, fuck you, then, off you go, and what will be, will be," sort of thing. It,
3: are, are you sensing a bust up? I don't know. I. I, I... Keep an open mind about that one. Um, I think it, it's one of those those things. I, I, I can't believe that a player would willingly go to the Dust Bowl. Uh, but um, I, I, amongst supporters and everything, it, 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 I think it's where he's gone. That is the problem. Um I don't, I don't really know what to think about it, Kev, to be honest with you. It, it, it's a very strange one. Um, I thought you was doing well, and there's been lots of rumours going around because he, he was hooked off against Birmingham. Uh, to be honest with you, you could have picked any one of those 11 off. Well, maybe any one of those 10, never mind, you know, probably not the keeper. But um, I, I think it's... Uh, <laughs> It's a difficult one to suss out. I mean, if, if Kioso has, has um, said something and uh, you know upset Nathan, fair enough. I'd, I'd like to think that it's one of those things where um, he just needed more definite game time and Nathan said he, he wasn't going to get a consistent place in the team. Um, and he, he's gone somewhere um, to get that playing time. Uh, albeit it's um, you know to the land that time forgot. Um, yeah, I mean if like, if if know. Nathan
0: has said that, and you know, I would trust Nathan. What he's done for the club's been fantastic. Hardly any decision he's made has let us down. But at the same time, has a player, not got the right to earn his place in the side. Yeah. Maybe 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 he didn't want to earn his place in the side. Maybe that is the issue.
3: Yeah. Again, it's purely speculation. We don't know. I I, I dare say it'll come out in the fullness of time. And I think, you know, it's a season-long loan, whether uh, the way things are, whether he could be recalled during the January transfer window, I don't know. But it'll also be interesting to see if if there is, you know, any renegotiating of a contract, because his deal's up, isn't it, in the summer. Um, So... It's just one to watch, I think, watch this space. I think he's he's gone from the side at the moment. So um, let's forget about him and move on with what we've got.
0: Yeah, I must admit, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him in a lutein shirt again, just purely mm. based on the uh, wording of that statement. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm reading between the lines and the wrong lines that I'm reading between, but who knows? Uh, Dan, oh, you were pretty active on social media on um, Tuesday about this decision, I noticed... Um,
1: Saw that right comment, then.
0: <laughs> yeah. I saw a few comments, yeah. What's uh, well, what's your opinion on it? And I guess you're the one really there is a balancing line here with you know, is he better than James Bree? Isn't he better than James Bree? Nathan's <laughs> obviously saying he's not, an awful lot of Luton fans seem to think that he is. Uh, where, where do you stand on the whole thing?
1: Um, I, I can't make my mind up who's better than out of the two Bree and Kiosa because I've only seen Kiosa a handful of times. But, uh, very limited number of times. So, But what I've been hearing of him last year when he went to Bolton, they were raving about him. Okay, it's League Two, but it's regular. He's, he's gone there for a reason to develop. Same when he went to Northampton. I spoke to a few Northampton fans at work last year um, and they all seemed pretty happy with him and reckoned he'd, he'd go on, he'd do all right for us. And you look at that and you think, well, there is a spot there because James Bree isn't going to be the best right back in the world not when we've had the likes of Jack Jack Stacey and James Justin in the the past in those positions. Um, Whether it's, whether, whether it is his desire to um, try and fight Bree for that right back spot and whether, whether or whether Nathan Jones is a bit blind towards Bree, I I don't know. It, It might be a combination of both, whether he's, whether he feels he's ready to make that step up. I mean, I didn't, see the Birmingham game um, and he got pulled off after half an hour which suggests to me that Jones is making him a scapegoat for whatever reason I remember he did it with Alex Lawless when he first took over and Lawless didn't play again um, but he, he he said the same thing then as he did uh, after the Birmingham game that it could have been anybody else that he could have took off so there's got to be a reason why Kios has decided to go out again I, I would have thought he'd won a challenge for his, his spot personally.
0: Yeah, I'd have liked him to have um, challenged for a spot. I mean, and also, it's not just his right-back spot, is it? For the for the last game and a half, sort of two games um, prior to Sheffield United, we were playing <laughs> three at the back. So there's three centre-half spots to go by, two, yeah. two centre-halves of which have been injured since the start of the season. So I would have liked him to have, to have stayed. But James, where does this leave us at right-back then? Let's say James Breed picks up an injury. Let's hope he doesn't, but let's say he does. Very, very thin on the ground, isn't it? I know there was an awful lot of rumours doing the rounds yesterday, uh, deadline day that is, that Jack Stacey was coming back on loan. I mean, <laughs> Christ, we would have absolutely given up an awful lot for that to happen. Um, but he didn't. And it just, just looks like when you consider that all along Nathan's philosophy has been two players for every position, then he isn't necessarily a second player for that position now.
2: Yeah, but it depends on what his plans are for the defence. And we simply don't know because the players, three of them have been out uh, for so long. The, fir- the, fir- the three first-choice centre-backs, arguably, uh, and they could potentially all play in a sort of defensive three and then you've got wing-backs. So, I, I, yeah, I mean, it is, I take your point about having two players for each position, but, you know, if, if that happens, then Cal Naismith comes out in the centre of defence and he's... I know he's left footed, but he could play both. You've got Fred on your Dinma who can play wing back. Um, So there's still options there. Um, I know everyone has got the ump because it's Milton Keynes. But, you know. (laughs) Go on, then
0: you You break the door down. Go
1: on. (laughs) Why are we helping them out?
2: (laughs) Yeah, but you say that. But the reason Luton don't like taking loans and Jones says it all the time is because. Mm -hmm. Uh, Luton would be developing another club's player for them, and they'll get the benefit. Well yeah. why can't that work in reverse? It could be uh, the ultimate shithousery that you get MK Don's oh Milton Keynes, sorry, it's given a proper name,
1: yeah. to,
2: to pay all of Kyoso's wages for a season, make him a better player, and then get him back. and it it works the other way. But, you know and uh, you know in an ideal world, you wouldn't have any dealings with them, but where were, were people saying that when they took Sam Nombe last last season? I don't remember it, uh, but then again, my memory's short. But, yeah, it's. Um, I, I get that people don't like Milton Keynes. I, I don't think they should be in existence. They should still, that club should still be Wimbledon down there and uh, fair play to Wimbledon for getting back to the place they are. AFC Wimbledon that is, but, um, <clears throat> you know, they are there because uh, some absolute gold duggery at Football League level, FA level. Uh, and so, you know, if, if, you can, if you can do that, if that is, the, if that is a potential that, that, that Luton have done, then you could see it as fairly good business. I mean, the only downside to that is then you come back to the argument, like you just said, of not having a backup and, and people would have liked to see so challenge. Um, but if he's, if he's decided he wants to play more regularly um, and he knew he was going to be second fiddle, particularly with those defenders coming back, then, you know, um, maybe that's best for all parties at this particular moment in time. I so.
3: think in one, sense, in, in one sense, he's seen something better because um, he's seen a, a passionate um, supporter base at games in full flow. He ain't going to get that there, is he? At Tumbleweed Connection, is he? So, um, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, I think that's in our favour, certainly. Yeah. James
0: mentioned that um, not many people were moaning about us uh, doing business with them when we took Nombe. They probably were by the end of the season too. Uh, <laughs> fair, but that's—I um, that's do if they
2: were moaning is just complete ambivalence, really, because it <laughs> well, that wasn't going to happen.
0: That's, uh, <laughs> yeah, no no no. that's a different thing entirely. Tony, if he's if he's gone right because he wants regular first team football, that's his prerogative. That's absolutely his prerogative, and I'm fine with that. But he must have known two months ago when Reese Burke came in, when, you know, Tom, Tom Lockyer and Sonny Bradley were already here, when Cal Naismith has elevated himself to the level that he's elevated. He must have known two months ago, hang about, I might be in a spot of bother here for my place. Why leave it till deadline day?
3: Yeah. It's a baffling one, that is. Um, you know, five hours we'd like... have had to replace him. Yeah, he, he's... He's 22, he's young, sometimes, you know, when you're that young, you can you can make rash decisions, um, you know, uh, I hope he's not in a situation where he's gone there for a couple of months and suddenly regrets what he's done. Um, I, again, as I said before, it, it is a baffling one, um, and and the fact that he said, you know, he, he always hoped you get back there one day, I'm, I'm just sort of like, that gave me a facepalm moment. Definitely, <laughs> that did. Um, yeah, but yeah. you know, it, 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 I just wish we knew what what was going on behind it because it, it, you know, it's when things like this happen that it causes a bit of unrest among supporters, and it, and it and it's all sp- pure speculation. They're, you know, obviously there, there's um, different versions of it come out, but somewhere behind it is the truth, and I'd prefer to think it's. The old one of, as James said, a player going somewhere to get, you know, more development at another club's expense, and hopefully that is it. But it will come out in the wash eventually, anyway. It will do. There's seventy other,
0: seventy other football league clubs that he could have gone to. though, Dan, it's just that it's that one, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, and James already touched on why a lot of Luton fans have an objection to any of our players go in there and like you say it does work the other way. We've signed Cameron Jerome from there. Um as well as Numbay So yeah, it does it does stink. It it it's the statement he made afterwards that got my back up a little bit. Why you still contracted to another club so why would you say I always knew I'd come back here one day. You're contracted to another club and you've got a job to do There still. i mean take that with a
2: pinch of salt there. I mean, they just say that to ingratiate themselves with the new... He made it sound like Ronaldo
0: going back to Man United, though, didn't he? Ronaldo's... He's got to finish his
1: career somewhere. Yeah. Essentially, he's just going back to the village you come back from, really, isn't it? That's the comparison we're looking at. Um,
0: He's
1: got to keep their customers happy, hasn't he? All two of them. Yeah, well, my, exactly. My missus wanted to go shopping on Saturday, Milton Keynes. She goes, I've got to go to, I think, Matalan or somewhere like that, on the big complex there. She goes, well, I'll get stuck up in football traffic. I says, well, why? Who's playing? <laughs> 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 I mean, I, I even checked the attendance and we, we had more. And she goes, well, why have they got a big, why have their stadium three times the size of ours? I said, you tell me, love. <laughs> you find right. the answer there and let me know. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that is the thing, isn't it? Just just wrapping it up. I mean, as a person and as a player, we hope Kioso improves whilst he's there, but there isn't going to be no good luck for the season or any of that malarkey unless he does an Andre Gray and gets them relegated, which in which case he really will come back as an absolute hero. When he James, one other departure during well, I say deadline day. It wasn't quite deadline day, was it? It was towards the end of last week. I think this one was seen more by others than. uh, than that one, than Kioso the won. That's Elliot Lee going to Charlton. Uh, good player, served us well, but he's even further behind the first team than what Peter Kioso would be.
2: Yeah, he is. Um, I think, you know, again, without knowing all the details, you wouldn't be surprised if he wanted to go out and loan to so obviously get games. That's a given. Because he knew he wasn't going to get them, but he's probably on a decent contract for Luton, and that will got another year left. So you don't go for a... you don't go that. Um, so he's gone on on loan. It's a strange honour of Elliot Lee because I always thought when he first came at the time he was that it was the best finisher at the club. It was a uh, sort of six yard box poacher, I thought. He could score the odd goal from outside the box. But then he decided, he thought his best position was a number 10. And it never was. And I don't know why people indulged him. They should have just said, no, you're a striker. Get up there, get in the box, stick your toe on it. Um, so whether that happens when he's at Charlton, I don't know. But i would be very surprised you see him in Luton Shirking.
0: Yeah, me too. Uh, I guess the reason why he went back to a number 10 is a certain James Collins arrived and he was... Definitely not going to beat him to the first team. Tony, um, I I I think we've wanted, not necessarily to get rid, but obviously we've moved on from Elliot Lee, haven't we? He was in the shop window against Stevenage and, well, unless it was a closing down sale, no one was going to take him on the evidence of that night, was he? But where do you sort of, um, where where do you see it? Is that it?
3: Yeah, I think so. I mean, to be honest with you, I I think he's been a good servant for us, Elliot has, to be honest. Uh, But I think, uh, the Championship probably is, is not his level. I think probably League One is. And I mean, to be fair to the guy, he's gone to Charlton. He's already scored for them, hasn't he? Um, and uh, I, I wish him the best of luck. I, I honestly can't, couldn't see him getting into the team because, uh, I, as you said, Kev, he's, he's way down the pecking order. And, and I don't blame him going out. So I, I can see him being signed by um, Charlton uh, on a permanent deal. At the end of this, and and I wish him the best of luck. I mean, yeah, me too,
0: Danny. was great for us in League One. So obviously, going back there, I mean, Charlton got himself the player there, have not they?
1: Yeah, um, I think there's history with Charlton and the Lee family as well. Obviously, with his dad, I've been played there previously, so he'll he'll have will probably settle in pretty much straight away as well. So, but yeah, like like the boys have already said, he he was never he was never gonna break into the first team this year. Uh, cup appearances here and there and he's he's at an age now, was it 26? he 26? He wants to play. um. So it made perfect sense for all parties for him to move, drop down, back down to League One and get foot get to first team football and kickstart his career again. I think that's the ideal move all round. I mean, he's a likeable player. I liked what he'd done for us. Uh, I like his type of player. Um, I like his passion as well. He's a good player, but we want to move on and we, we have to leave others behind I'm afraid so thank you and good luck sir
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, yeah yeah that's exactly that's how, I, yeah.
0: how I see it as well uh, James a couple of players that are still here uh, I'm interested in your thoughts on where they go from here uh, there was actually a sighting of Danny Hilton on Saturday he wasn't there uh, it looked like he was training for the London Marathon he was going up and down in a line <laughs> with someone alongside him which I presume was someone from the strength and conditioning um, department where is he now? Because obviously, Cameron Jerome will be injured on Saturday. Has to be ahead of him. What What do you see for Hilton?
2: It's a bit of an anom- anomaly, isn't it? Because he's been out so long through injury. I just, I think, I wouldn't be surprised if the offers were there for him to go out on loan. But he's just desperate to, you know, play and score in the championship, isn't he? And you can't begrudge him that. To be fair, he's he's had a really rough rough bit of luck with the injuries the last you know, two, three seasons. So, um, but yeah, he is going to be down the pecking order, I think. Um, you know, even when he was in his Luton pump, he, he took four or five games to get in a season. Um, and now he's coming back from injury after injury. Yes. Yeah, I think the thing that's um, done Luton's so-called fringe players a disservice is them not, uh, winning that penalty shootout against Mids because the minute you go out of the Carabao Cup um, you, you're really limiting your chances to play football because they still haven't got um, the under 23 uh, Premier League Category 2 status yet so they haven't got that development side of it and that was sort of the, the, the best chance to get the game I mean you have to wait until what uh, Couple of months for the FA Cup, maybe Newton plays a, a second string side then. But that, that's your chance early on uh, to to get some games and then get through a couple of the rounds before the big boys come in. I think that everyone was sort of ah like, oh, well, it's just the uh, caravel Cup, it doesn't matter, but <clears throat> it, it does really cut down the opportunities there.
0: Yeah, not just get some games, but they'd have played Wickham, so they'd have got three hours on the uh, on the one evening in that game, weren't they, Tony? <laughs> yeah, definitely.
3: <laughs> Where do you see Danny Hilton? Um, again, it, it, it this is another one. Have we left him behind because of his injuries? Uh, I, I I like the fact that he's he stayed at the club. Um, I've I've always liked Danny Hilton as a player. Um, he's scored a lot of goals for us and he, he's epitomised the, the, the spirit in the rise that we've had to the Championship um, I'd like to see him given a chance to try and prove himself, he, he really hasn't had that opportunity, I mean he, he, he's basically played a handful of games for us there in the Championship um, and a lot of people are saying that, you know he, he, he isn't up to that level well, I don't know I don't know He's certainly useful to have to come on for the shithousery side of his game. (laughs) Um, But I think it'll be a sad day for us the day that Danny leaves us. Um, And I I hope that day is put off uh, as long as possible. But then again, as as Dan has already said, um, you know, for the club to progress and move on, certain players have got to be left behind. Um, I really hope Danny's not going to be that case but if I'm honest I I can't see it going any other way to be honest yeah
0: I think Dan I think Danny's biggest issue here could be you look at the players that we signed in attack in particular they're all athletic mobile pacey doesn't really tick either of those three boxes does he Danny
1: He's, he's not really. I mean, Hilton's always been a, a bit of a nuisance to defenders and a bit of a handful and very good at his shithousery and wind-up antics that he's displayed over the times. Um, but I, I, I I, I'd I would, say he's he, he does have a physical side to him, um, which you see in other forwards at the club, um, particularly like Adebayo and Jerome but I wouldn't quite class him as as good as either of those two. And I think he is slipping down the pecking order. And I think it's injuries because I, I remember being in League One um, and we played Sheffield Wednesday in the Cup and Wednesday weren't a bad championship outfit then. And he, he caused them all sorts of problems that day. And I thought, you know, if we go up, he, he could be... You know, he he could really have a good go at it with the championship. Unfortunately, he's got injured and he's been he he's had like two minute appearances here and there. I mean, just looking at his appearances, apparently he's made twenty seven championship appearances, but I, I bet he hasn't completed ninety minutes in that time, uh, even added up. Um, he looked good against Newcastle
3: as well, Dan, didn't
1: he? <laughs> he was class against Newcastle, yeah. And you just thought, well, I maybe I couldn't deal yeah. with it. No, they couldn't. They couldn't, and his other goal was not offside. Either I'm still cross about that. So, um, <laughs> but um, I, I wonder whether this chance for him to play at the championships come and gone come at a, too late for him. He's 32, and I think if you're going to be a championship player, you'd have already got there by your mid to late 20s. Um, it's a shame because he, like I say, he's, like Tony said, you know, he's a likable player. Um, He's a good. He, he is still a good player, despite what people say. Whether he's good enough for the championship, I don't think he is now. Um, but if there is a chance they could find a way to get him back to fitness without him picking up another injury and getting back in the side, it would be good to see. But I, I, I can't see it, unfortunately, for him. Um, and I don't think a league one side will take a chance on him yet either, while he's under contract. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, I, I, yeah. Look. He's been another brilliant servant for us. What will be, will be. Um, If he's on the pitch, we'll all support him. But I think we all have our doubts. Um, James, uh, the term unlucky with injuries was bandied about quite a lot for Danny Hilton. Another one has to be Dan Potts, who seems to be unluckier than most when it comes to injuries, particularly this season, given that he picked up an injury in the last pre-season game and he looks a mile behind Amari Bell.
2: Yeah, but I always thought he would be as soon as they recruited those players. I think he was kept on to be uh, backup. Really, I don't. He hasn't. He's not as dynamic going forward. Certainly, and that's where Luton want to get to. Um, and he's injury prone, and then probably the injuries meant that there wasn't a lot of interest in him as well. So, um, him signing a new deal was probably a, you know acceptance that because he's been so unlucky. That's probably the best he's, best he's going to get, really.
0: Yeah, I've, I like I like Potsy. He's, he's an all or nothing customer, Tony. Uh, in fact, he's all, isn't he? Not nothing. He's all all in. Uh, I remember, was it Swansea at home last year? I won't ask James because his memory is terrible. But he got a head injury, didn't he? When he, um, when he went for a ball that nine players out of ten would have pulled out for and he was never seen again last season. It's that kind of bravery that has kind of uh, endeared him to us really
3: yeah, yeah I mean you can't fault him for for that you know he, he will put his head in and he'll he'll go in and nasty tackles and everything else and I think that's probably more the root cause of the injuries rather than um, you know he, well he doesn't tend to get things like hamstring injuries does he it, 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 injuries always seem to be as a result from collisions or tackles or or whatever. Um, and yeah he, he probably has been the unluckiest player we've had for a long time because it i mean this isn't just a recent thing with danny is it it it, it, it it's happened ever since he's been with the club and he's had periods out when, when he's got injured um, i i thought he was kept at the club more because he yeah he can as cover at left back but also he he can cover at center back as well Uh, and he he could play, you know, in a three-man defence on the the left-hand side because, you know, he's very good in the air, Danny's, and I I wish him all the best. I mean, I I can't, when he's back to full fitness, I can't see him getting in ahead of Amari Bell, but then again, Amari Bell has been called up for the Jamaican side, hasn't he, so it depends how that goes, doesn't it? I guess the other problem, though, that he's got, Dan, is that
0: Cal Naismith will be the left-back in waiting should we need another one after Amari Bell. It's it's just yeah. so unfortunate, isn't it? Because ironically, if he was fit box, he'd have walked into the team against West Brom where we couldn't defend God knows how many barrages of long throws that came in on that afternoon and against Birmingham, who slung every single ball they could in the box. he would have been absolutely ideal, but it's just yeah. misfortune. It's just, it's just there for all to see, isn't it, really?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I must admit, I'm never been the biggest fan of him. Um, like I say, he, he is good in the air, and he does, he he, he can pull off a world class tackle here and there. But like, and he does end up injured as a result. But you, you want that? You, you'd rather someone got injured as a result of like putting your putting your life on the line, so to speak, to stop a goal, um, as opposed to uh, just like dropping salad cream on your toe and breaking it and being out for six months or whatever. So. You, you, you can't you can't knock the guy's passion as well, um, but you're right. I, I think Naismith gets ahead of him, well ahead of him. I think about Amari Bell's miles ahead of him than what he, he could ever be, really. And it's it's useful to have a belt. I'm not gonna, I'm never gonna get on the guy's back because he he's wearing a Luton Town shirt. So, but you know, he, he doesn't do it for me as a fullback. Um, and, but he has been unlucky with injuries. I mean, he, he, you know, we, we've, we've had him for six years, so there's obviously some sort of... Somebody's seen something there, haven't they? Um, for him to be kept on so long. And he's come on the journey with us. Um, so he, he's played his part. He certainly had his uses. Um, and he kept a £12 million James Justin out the side for God knows how long. So yeah, he, he must have been doing something right all these years. And if he doesn't recover from this injury, I don't know what he's out with now. I'll lose track. Um, some sort know, of leg that...
0: problem it was on it picked up, uh, mm. picked up in the Brighton game
1: yeah how long's he out for I missed that as well
0: I think Nathan said he, he expects everyone back after the international break didn't he James so
1: not lost, yeah. presumably yeah, yeah that's but, what he's saying I suppose he, he'll be on standby getting fit for when Bell goes off with Jamaica then I'd, I'd imagine um, but I think there's only so long a player's going to get away with being injured a lot I think. Um, but but, but like, like Tony said, it's through no fault of his own. Um, really, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's tried his best, hasn't he? And that's what you want as a supporter from your player. You want someone who tries the best.
0: So. Mighty good first scorer I bet as well over the years as well. I can tell you that. <laughs> I can tell you that from experience, whereas I'm hoping you're not talking from experience about dropping your
1: salad cream on your foot and being out for six months. No, I borrowed that from Dave Besson, an old injury <laughs> you know, years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Good to hear. <laughs> one of the one comical ones that my dad told me when he I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> good to hear. Right, that's
0: that. That's the squad. Obviously, maybe a little bit light at right back. James went through all the options there. He didn't mention Jordan Clark. There isn't. That's another option, if and when he recovers from his head injury. Um, let's talk about something more positive, though. The start of the season. I think everyone would appreciate that we've had a pretty good start to the season. Two games aside, I think. I think that's fair to say, but. It couldn't have started any better, James. That is absolutely for certain. And there were a lot of people coming away from Kenilworth Road after the Peterborough game saying, oh, we've only beaten Peterborough from Otisai, blah, 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 blah. But Peterborough haven't looked too bad since then. So actually that result deserves an awful lot of credit and the performance deserves even more credit because it was mouthwatering that attacking display.
2: Yeah, well, they took them apart, didn't they? It was it was everything we hoped it would be. I mean, the, the occasion was magic and the football matched it, and three goals, clean sheet, you know, um, your strikers getting on on the score sheet, that was a big one. Harry Cornett getting his, his first goal of the season so early, having only just got one last season, and having to wait till the back end of it as well. You know, it, it just ticked all the boxes, just, you know, get all your goal scorers off to a scoring start, winning start, and, uh, you know, for until about, two extra minutes of extra time in the whole game, looking at the top of the league. so um, <laughs> they, they scored a late goal, didn't they? And then went went above in goal difference. So, uh, you know, everything was brilliant. But I mean, you know, maybe uh, things would have been dampened if the result wasn't as good, but the actual occasion of it, having that, having a full house again, was uh, just unbelievable. Um, you know, when the players came out and stuff, I'd, you know, I must have had something in my eye. <laughs> It was just brilliant.
0: Sold, I think it was. Must yeah. have been sold. <laughs> Funnily enough, it was in Kennel Fend as well because I had it in my eye as well. It was, uh, it was incredible. I mean, Tony, the the attacking display was something else. But when you think that the two centre backs that afternoon were Calne Smith and Gabe Osho up against a lively character in Johnson Clark Harris, certainly someone who's caused us problems as we've gone through the leagues in the past. That was, a, that was equally as strong as the attacking performance. The fact that not only did we keep a clean sheet, but I think Sluger could still have been at the Euros, couldn't he, for all that he had
2: to do
3: that afternoon? <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, it, it, it was a great performance. Um, and, uh, yeah, with the makeshift uh, centre-back pairing was great. They didn't put a foot wrong. They looked really good. Um, Naismith, you know, carried on from where he, he left off last season. And, and uh, Osho looked really good. And I, I think uh, Johnson Clark, he, he was, um, he just didn't get a look in all game, did he? He, he was very disappointing, uh, you know, much vaunted and everything. But the main thing I remember from the game was uh, wondering what game Darren Ferguson had been watching because he, he made the comment, didn't he, that uh, they were just starting to take control when we scored. And I, I thought, what? Mm-hmm. You know, I wondered if he was watching a reserve game or something. But no, it was, it was great. It was, As James said, it was great to be back. Uh, really missed it. And um, I, I on, on that day, the, the, the team certainly didn't let us down. You know, it was a great occasion. Good to see everybody back in the ground. And uh, what a cracking day. Yeah, it really
0: was and I guess um, Dan, I mean, the game was lit up really by
3: the performance of Fred on your
0: dimmer, wasn't it? I mean, he was electric. Felt sorry for the Peterborough right back actually because when we finally took him off they brought Carlos Mendes Gomez on so just as he'd untied his legs he got tied up again, didn't he? But, I mean, yeah. Fred was exceptional that afternoon.
1: He was. He, I mean, you, you're always, when you go to the first game of the season you're always looking in anticipation to see what the uh, your new signings are like and, uh, he really, really impressed me. Um, it, I mean, he played like his life depended on it, didn't he, I, I thought. Um, he was absolutely fantastic and their right back never stood a chance, like I said. Um, yeah, absolutely brilliant. What a start. What a start. I, th- I think he was involved in the third, was it the third goal and he scored got the second goal, was it? I can't remember if he's involved in. He got two assists and, and two assists. Yeah, I mean, and the goal. what more so. could you want from a debut? Um, I mean, you could say he set the standards really high for himself, and our fans are going to be expecting that every week. I'm uh, not because I'm realistic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, yeah, just couldn't stop smiling. I thought, wow, what a player we've got there. And the, the, everybody played well. I mean, I, I mentioned Osho in particular. He, he really impressed me that day. Naismith got everything in the air. Led by example and did the job perfectly. Um, and to say we were missing a number of players that day, it certainly didn't feel like that. Uh, given the players that were out there and you know, everybody came on, did the job. Even the subs when they they came on, they did the job, and it it was just a brilliant all round performance.
0: Yeah, it really it really was. I think Fred actually said he had a premonition or a dream or something that he'd have an assist and a goal in that game and he bettered it by getting two assists or a goal. Kind of like that confidence. Uh, That's right up my street, that sort of confidence. Uh, We'll skip over the Stevenage game. We played a reserve (laughs) team. Um, Their goalkeeper would still be time-wasting now if he was given the chance. But apart from that, not an awful lot. Three of the worst penalties you're ever going to see. But apart from that, not an awful lot. Other than... um, Admiral Musquey's first goal of uh, his Luton career and a mighty good goal. It was quite possibly going to be the goal of the month, judging on the voting that I've seen uh, on the town website. So, um, yeah, credit to him for that. Then Tony, we went to West Brom. I'll skip James here because I was James that day. So I know he wasn't there. Um, Christ alive, that West Brom game. Uh, Half time, maybe maybe even after an hour, I was fearing uh, that that was Brentford revisited. And... Mm. um, well, to our credit, actually, we got it back, didn't we? And we fully deserved to get it back with the way we turned around. But in that first hour,
3: oh, there were yeah. levels
0: there, weren't
1: there?
3: They, they looked um, pretty unbeatable for the first hour, West Brom. They, they just took us apart, really, didn't they? And we really struggled to get back into it. But But having said that, the last half an hour, was really, really good from a Luton viewpoint. The fact that we pulled two goals back. And when you saw, you know, uh, last season there were a premiership side, they've come down, they're the favourites to go straight back up. And we really frightened them, especially in the last 20 minutes. You know, they were hanging on for grim death at the end. You know, they, they'd gone totally to pieces at the back. And with a bit more luck, we could have got a point out of that. So... Um, we, we, it shows you with, with this squad. It, 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 I think it's going to be a season of highs and lows for us because they're still youngsters inside. They're going to take a while to bed in and uh, show a bit of consistency. So they, they're still learning. So um, I think Again, a mid-table finish this season and, and, you know, pushing on next season is going to be more realistic than trying to do something this season because they're still learning. They're still learning. And I, I look at what we can do once we click and we're settled. I, I think we're, we're, we're going to look pretty good. But again, as I said, i, I just be happy with a mid-table finish.
0: Yeah, we could have got a draw out of that, Dan, but it would have been phone-the-police job, wouldn't it, if we got a point out of that one, because we were well out. Until Jordan-Clark Jordan Clark got absolutely battered, we, we
1: weren't at the races at all in that game. No, we weren't. Um, I, I think I remember saying to my dad about half an hour in, you know, I just only hope that this lot will tire themselves out and we can pounce then, but it, it was already 3-0 by the time. We looked like getting anywhere near them, really. Um, to their credit as well, Um you know, West Brom have always been a side that have yo-yoed between the Championship and the Premier League. I haven't quite figured out how to stay in the Premier League properly um, the last couple of times I've been there. Um, so we always knew it was going to be tough. I didn't think we'd make it that easy for them with the first couple of goals. I thought it was... I mean, the, the first goal, Naismith didn't need to make the header. I, uh, the second one, sh- shouldn't get a free header at the back post like that. You, you can't defend like it. You cannot defend like that at all. Uh I can't remember the third one. <laughs> which is just as well. <laughs> yeah, um, no, third one yeah, was just when, as bad. When Clark got knocked out by the keeper and referee give him a give them the free kick or whatever, whatever he gave him with. I think waved Play on didn't he? Um Wave Play on looked at it, decided it wasn't a head injury. And yeah.
0: kept on playing. Because it was the goalkeeper who waved the physios on, didn't he, yeah. while the play was still going ahead. If exactly, yeah. to, happened,
1: his, to his credit, he, he straight away.
0: Yeah. If that hadn't yeah.
1: happened, who knows what might have happened, given that Clark's still out with this with a head injury. Well, that's it. And, uh, you know, we, we did really well. And Cornick managed to not balloon a shot from six yards out, to his credit. Pelly scored a tap in, which is completely unheard of for him, because he only does bangers. Um and, yeah, you know, on another day, we might have stole a point. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, I, I saw some West Brom fans at the end afterwards because we had a hell trying to get back to the train station. And they all said it was a game of two halves, if ever there was one. And, which I felt was quite polite of them. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: I mean, it was almost three halves, wasn't it? It was 16 minutes of injury time. I was
0: expecting another yeah. 15 minutes and having extra time. And uh, who knows, maybe even penalties afterwards. It was
1: well, just a weird afternoon, that one. I mean, I i have considered ringing... Bring my boss up and say, "Look, I might be late Monday morning because I'm still in West Brom." Um, it, it it did seem to go on forever and ever, but um, yeah, I, I felt I felt you know once we'd settled into it, obviously it was too late by then. But then we started competing with a, a side who I fully expect to go back up. Um, and I thought when Jerome came on, he I think he taught Adebayo a thing or two. Because uh, he proper got at him as well. Um, I was really impressed with him. I, I wasn't sure whether he'd be up to it this year. I was a bit puzzled as to why we got that type of player in, but crossed. He's he's made me up my words with that twenty-minute cameo that he had, which was an 80 minute sub. I didn't realise it, but he, he, it seemed like he got half an hour. He was that good. Um, so yeah, but disappointing to lose, but you understand it, and we we just go on, don't we?
0: Yeah, I took from that the character of the. Um... Turnaround. whereas sides in the past, we've seen it. That could have got four, five and six quite uh, quite quickly. James, I will bring you in on that game, actually, because it was Pelly Ruddock's 300th appearance. That's a massive landmark for, well, I mean, you've championed him as a club legend on every single social media feed mm-hmm. you've got on your website and everything else. But, you know, 300 games, that's a huge landmark.
2: Oh, yeah, it's massive. Um, it's, and for what he's done... You know he's he's made some he's got in the record books for Luton, hasn't he? With the amount of um, promotions he's got, sc- scoring in the, em- the amount of divisions he's got. You know, from his time, he's just been a said part of the Luton success. It always makes me chuckle about the Luton legend thing because you just get lots of old heads <laughs> coming on, going, "Well, he's not as good as Harford and Priest and Steve <laughs> and stuff." And I'm like, "Well, yeah, but to to someone who's not." over 35 <laughs> probably a bit younger <laughs> then he's a legend if you yeah. started watching football in the late 2010s Pelly's a legend and so they don't quite see that they think that their opinion's the only one that's valid but you can be both you can have all of the 80s guys as legends and in a new generation Pelly. I mean you know if you want to talk about whether he's the finished article, it's a different different uh, conversation. And he, I don't think he is yet. You know, he still has those games where he's um, completely off the pace and none of his passes or touches go right for him. And I think probably, you know, if he did have any sort of contemplation about leaving, he probably realised, I would like to think he realised that you know, because he's had that long journey of Luton, that that Luton fans, w- w- he'd be more endeared to Luton fans than he would be if he went to Blackburn and Middlesbrough and had a jocker on his first game and the be on his back. He wouldn't have that history behind him. So, um, you know, to make 300 is is some achievement. You know, the last place to do was Jake Howells. Um, I, th- I think if he, um, you know, if he stays with the club and enjoys more success, then it'll only It'll only get better. But um, you know, he's he he's from what he used to be as well. Sort of an injury prone player. He was obviously a defender. Then he was a bit, oh, he'll play anywhere. He's now arguably one of the first names in the team sheet, isn't he? So um, you know, you could people can debate about Pelly all day long, but you can't deny the achievement of what he's done.
0: He was about as much of a defender as I am, Miss Universe, to be fair. But yeah, you're well, <laughs> you are right. He, yeah, he, he did arrive as a centre-back quite staggeringly. Uh, you're right. I'll stick with you, James, because you did pay your tenner for the Barnsley game, which followed it. Uh, that was a hell of a performance. That was a backs-to-the-wall performance. I saw on one of the stats that uh, the Sports Trust Twitter feed got tagged into. We made 31-31 tackles that night, which didn't actually strike me as a huge number but then when I looked how far clear we were of the next one which was something like 18 or something then you know that was that was pretty incredible that a real backs to the wall effort with three centre-halves obviously having been bullied three days earlier by West Brom there was no no way we were going to let that happen again but that was a really good win I know we always win at Barnsley and everything else but that, that was a really good win off the back of that West Brom game
2: Yeah I'd say it was a defensive win I wouldn't say I wouldn't Necessarily say backs to the wall because that suggests to me they were sort of um, scraping and siege, yeah. We wasn't. Know, and I, I don't think it felt like the Barnsley of a couple of seasons ago, where they could play very pretty football, but they didn't have any killer instinct. You know, last season they changed that, but uh, it felt like the the setup was there to deal very comfortably with with Barnsley, and you know, to have have the. Possession of the ball, and often you can think, "Well, Barnsley uh, have got the ball, and they're they're pressing most of the time." But are they doing anything useful with it? I mean, um, you know, you know, Leicester won the Premier League with not having any possession, didn't they? So uh, they scored, they scored the goal early on, which is good to see. And then it was just a really quite quite comfortable but enjoyable defensive performance. I thought.
0: And it was a crazy thing that goal because you, you sat in, a, you know, well, we were two thirds of the way back in the stand at Barnsley, and we were attacking in an absolute wave. And you're like, "Who the hell scored that?" Because it weren't Adebeo, weren't Musque, definitely weren't Jerome. And then you say so you look on the like Twitter feed and everything, and it is Amari Bell. What the hell was Amari Bell doing up there? But Dan, fantastic finish.
1: It was, yeah. I mean, I I, I was unfortunately working that night. I got back um, before. Just as the game was finishing. So I didn't get a chance to watch, but I watched the goal back and tidy finish for a left back, wasn't it? I thought, yeah. With his
0: right foot as well. Um, that's yeah. the other thing that got me. I mean, you know, I can, I'm pretty good at picking players out, even in darkness, even in candlelight, floodlights. But yeah. I just, I had no chance with that one.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, you, you wouldn't have thought, I mean, Bell seems very much left footed, doesn't he? Like, Dan Potts is very much left footed. Um and Cal Naismith is very much left-footed. So it's good that we've got these left-footed players in there Uh, and for Bell to be able to sip it onto his right as well uh, to to round off what what looked like a really, really good team move as well. It looked like it was a smash and grab, early goal, backs to the wall job and fair play, fair play. I mean, I'm just looking at the stats there, 30% possession away from home to come away with the three points. Thank you very much. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll say that in every single away game, won't we? We yeah. do love yeah. a 1-0 away from home tone, don't we? I mean, it happened all of last season and everyone's like, oh yeah, but that's only because fans weren't there. Well, actually, fans are there now and we're still winning 1-0 away from home. So happy days.
3: Yeah. yeah. However, having said that, uh, I much prefer prefer getting that 1-0 you know, win in the last five minutes rather than the first five minutes. But uh, no, it's, it was good to see us carry on. Um, some of the form that we had shown last season, uh, it was a great performance. Absolutely stuck it. Uh, it. You know, got stuck in, made every tackle count. And uh, I think Nathan got his tactics spot on that night because Barnsley, they, they never really looked like they had that much threat. to be honest with you. they, they You know, it wasn't the free-flowing Barnsley, um, as James said of a couple of seasons ago. I mean, they did put some... Um, Passing together and some moves together, but it was relatively ineffective. Um, they didn't. They only troubled us really on, a, you know, two or three occasions, and basically Schluger didn't have much to do, did he? No, he didn't.
0: There was one, wasn't there, in the first half where he made a brilliant save, and Kiyoso was alert, and, um, got a tackle in before the bloke had a tap in, which was um, to his credit. James, uh, just one more thing on that game because he hasn't been seen since then. Henry Lansbury was brilliant that night, just what that team needed that night. Someone to marshal in the midfield, put the foot on the ball, guide the younger players around. He showed that night just why he's been brought into the side.
2: Yeah, it was a big surprise for me um, because, uh, you know, I'm not one of these people that studies other people's players. So I, I always had him down as a bit of a fancy damn player. But that night he was here, there and everywhere, sticking the boot in, rallying the troops, all the nasty stuff. But then he'd link the play as well, so um, I was really impressed with that. Just uh, very disappointing that he he got injured and has been out since, is not it? Really. So there's a there's still a player there, one that can be really effective, I think. And it, it, you know, as soon as he gets back from injury, I think it'll be all better for it.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree. It was also his quick thinking to play the free kick down the line that started the move for the goal. And sometimes, you know, those sort of things, they kind of go unnoticed. So uh, that was very good from Lansbury. He was actually very good at Stevenage, and he was even better when he came on against West Brom. So he really does look like a good signing in the making. OK, we've got to cover the next game. And we? we got absolutely dicked in the next game. Um, you know... I'll come to James and Tony on this one because I know Dan was fortunate enough that he weren't there. How you swindled that one, I've no idea, but well done to you for
1: doing so. It was James- a stroke of genius on what misses his part because it was my son's first birthday. And You're she said, good. right, you've either got to miss the Birmingham game or the Sheffield United game. And I thought, well, I'll just miss the Birmingham one game, the Birmingham game then. And stroke of genius on her part. So, yeah. yeah your <laughs>
0: missus can take up um, career as a psychic, I think, mate. Yeah. So. <laughs> She's definitely not got that awesome. in there James,
2: that was an afternoon that we do not want to remember. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you start conceding goals as early as they did, then it's not going to look good. I mean, up up until what was it? The, the the second goal in half time. I think four. Was it four out of four out of five goals? Luke conceded at that point. They'd all been headers, and yeah. You know, there was just it was just it was just woeful in in the air. Um, and definitely lacked the imposing figures of of Bradley and I think Jones has said you know even if there had pots in there it would have been better. But, you know, Reece, but obviously for Reesberg as well from what we saw against Sheffield United would have done a better job there. But it, it was just too easy um, and the game was over. You know it's you're not going to try and stage a like last twenty minute comeback against West Brom even, although you didn't get anything from that. You're not going to be able to do that every time. Um, you know, the, the game was over at half time, really, and Luton got a, a, an early one in the third, and then that went all belly up, didn't it? Um I mean it was slightly unlucky. It was Pelly's fault, then he sort of rescued it and then got it was so unlucky the ball bounced right in front of Hogan to an empty net. But <laughs> after that, it was an absolute waste of time being there, really. Um it was it's it was a nothing game, the game was over. Um and, and totally want to forget. But, you know, saying that, you shouldn't be conceding those last two goals uh, and making it as embarrassing as it was, really. It was, just, it was just, it was a bit pathetic.
0: Well, that was the thing, wasn't it? That was the parallel from the week before, where at 3 0 against West Brom, we did show that fight, we did show that character, we didn't just roll over. Whereas that Birmingham game, Tony, it just were there, was nothing there, was there? Whether it was. Um, whether it was two long away games that caught up with us, or whatever it was, you can make all the excuses in the book. It just wasn't there. It wasn't acceptable. And to be fair to Nathan, he acknowledged that. And I can't remember who it was who done the post match. Was it Cal Naismith? Said exactly the same thing. It just yeah. wasn't
3: there. No, not at all. Right, right from the kickoff, there was. It didn't seem to be any effort. They didn't seem to be any energy. No urgency. They look very flat-footed, um, and nobody came out of that game with any credit. Um, having said that, as well, I, I, Birmingham themselves have got to be really pleased with that performance because uh, from what I've heard, I, I, I've heard Birmingham themselves think you know they they haven't played that well for years, and I think they it. it they just clicked on the day. Um, but, you know, it, it's so disappointing, it, 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 you know, that we weren't up for it. It wasn't just a case of, you know, no effort or anything like that. Is We couldn't string two passes together either. You know, we, we were absolutely dreadful. And um, unfortunately, the thing at the end of the day, although it was 5-0, the scoreline didn't flatter Birmingham at all. It could have been six or seven. Yeah, yeah it, so it, I, it, it could. It, no, it, it, was, was, it was a totally deflating performance.
0: It was um, a terrible
3: day. I'm not, I, yeah, I know they, they, they come out and say they owe us one. I I, I think they, they owe us one when we go to Birmingham. They owe us. That's the big one they owe us then, to, to put in a performance at their place. You know, we, yeah. we, you know, I mean, Chong had a great game. Um, you can't take that away from him, but because we went up for it and had no energy, did we make him look better? I don't know. Yeah, just, I've not
0: heard great yeah. reviews from him on the other game, so yeah, I kind of presume that was what happened. Uh, you say that, you know, that was the highlight of Birmingham season. Well, it will be now they've signed Troy Deeney, wouldn't it? Because there's only one way that they go in um, after that signing. Fair I gathered
3: gather the um, all the police stations in Birmingham have started cleaning out their cells. Ready, <laughs> yeah. strange, strange move that one. But
0: you know what will be will be. Uh, leaves us with one game, James. Um, Sheffield United on Saturday. I remember when we did the pre season podcast. We we're kind of optimistic, but equally respectful of Sheffield United. Well, they have been terrible. They weren't much better than terrible on Saturday, but. Based on where we were the Saturday before, that was a much more encouraging performance, and a game that we should have won and would have won potentially, had a referee not got in the way.
2: Yeah, I don't, the referee didn't cover himself in glory there. Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, we were talking before we press record, didn't we, about whether Fred's goal was uh, Fred's goal was offside, and then it's whether. Uh, the referee should have played advantage after Adibai. Well, he absolutely but, should
0: have, shouldn't he? Those,
2: absolutely. Those... There's no. There's there's no. What's the harm of just not blowing your whistle for a couple more seconds and you seeing how it develops? You, you can always bring it back. It's just it. It's very frustrating that. And but you know, Luton had Luton had chances, and they should have, they should have scored. You know, Harry Cornick hit in the bar. You can say it's a difficult chance to take, but I thought it was crying out just to be smacked first time, and he. It held on to it a little bit. And then what Cal if is doing, not heading the ball towards goal and having a pop when he sort of nodded it across goal and and it just uh, was Campbell in him when it knocked it into the side netting. Um, so they did have chances. But on the other hand, I think they limited Sheffield United to very, very little. And I think, um, you know, it was, it's, it's obvious to point out. The, the, the debut of Burke alongside Naismith as, as highlight performances but I thought uh, for quite under the radar was Alan Campbell's best game I thought ran around, snapped at heels, helped Luton uh, with a high press and it was remarkable the amount of times Luton won the ball back um, in Sheffield United's own area or, or from the forward players um, and Adebayo was excellent at that as well. I think that was one of his best games for Luton. You know, he didn't score, but he held the ball up so fantastically. And when he got uh, face to goal, he took players on caused them trouble, lovely little nutmeg at one point. It seems to he seems to be to make a habit of that, which I love, um, you know, bullied their defenders really. Um, and considering where they've come from, it, it's, you know, a, it, that's a boost really, uh, I, I think that you know my, my view at the start of the season of Sheffield United have just they're a team full of losers really And it's not you know I'm not being disrespectful they literal losers they just lost game after game after game gone relegated And um, you know there was I don't, there was a video doing the rounds of some fella and Sheffield United interviewing fans they left the ground and they were all saying the same thing that they, you know they're full of players that are low on confidence they can't Score goals and and stuff like that, but you know, I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't like to take any credit away from Luton's performance there because I just think that they just they were really on it, and uh, it was just just disappointing. That it was one point rather than three.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> you've just reminded me. Actually, you know, there were there are a few social media accounts sort of criticizing our deadline day work, but when you think what twenty five million gets you in Rhiannon Brewster to go past someone on the byline. And somehow pick you out in the main stand with a cross. Yeah. I mean, you're not getting much for your twenty five bags, are you? Yeah. <laughs> so it was a brilliant piece of skill. Get to the byline, just pick your teammate out. No, he wallops it to Dunstable. Yeah, fair play to you. <laughs> if, you were, if you weren't there, it's, that's got to be on YouTube somewhere. It's just, it's just absolutely hilarious piece of skill. Tony, what did you make of that game, uh, particularly Reese
3: Burke's debut? Um. It was a much better performance than the week before. Um, What was interesting from me was uh, I had a friend come down from Sheffield to watch the game and um, over a beer beforehand, he was telling me that uh, Sheffield United were not bad at the back, pretty decent in midfield, but up front, they had nothing whatsoever. And uh, it turned out to be correct what he said because, because if you look, they, they did some nice possession football, kept it, but when it went forward, they had nothing whatsoever. Um, he did, After the game, he said to me, he was quite impressed with us, um, said we looked good. And he said, um, he particularly noted Ali Bayo. He said the way he, he kept skinning Batcham uh, was great. and he, But he said the one critic, and I think it, Myself, actually, is a lot of the time going forward, you, you, you've got Adebayo who goes out wide, particularly on the left, and we get the crossing, and uh, half the time we haven't got anybody there. The other half, they haven't got the aerial height to, to, to meet the ball. Uh, he, he asked me, you know, beforehand who, who to look out for, and I mentioned Alan Campbell, and I, I mentioned Fred as well, but... Um, Fred had a little bit of a quieter game, didn't he, on Saturday. Um, But over and all, I I, I think after um, the previous Saturday, I I, I was pleased because we did look a lot more solid at the back. I thought Burke had a great game. Um, He never put a foot wrong. Him and Naismith worked very, very well together. And uh, with a bit more luck, we could have won that. You know, again... I don't know what it is. I, I've got a guy who sits behind me and, and, and he is absolutely convinced that the FA have got something against Luton and are instructing the, the referees not to give us anything. You know, don't give Luton anything unless it's blatant, you know. But don't. And, it, you know, I, I, with the number of games I've watched, you, 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 do, do you know what? I, there might be something to what, it, what you're saying, you know, but... Um, no, I, 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 as I said earlier, I think there's going to be a season of ups and downs for us, and uh, I, I actually look on this game as probably two points lost rather than a point game.
0: Yeah, I think that's right.
3: Alan Campbell's got the
0: energy of a Duracell bunny, hasn't he? It's, I mean, he knackers me out just sitting there watching him, let alone, uh, I'm not, not surprised he went off a cramp with five minutes ago well, or you, whatever. When you
3: think, Pev, that he's probably not up to full speed in the Championship yet, he's still got to get the grips with that, and and I, I think uh, when he does, I think we've got a hell of a player there. Uh, yeah, I know, do a lot too. Of t- it, 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 it reminds me of uh, Alan McCormick actually. Uh, you know, in that he goes in, he bites, and he, he he's up and down. But I think once he gets that bit of about the, the championship, I think he's going to be outstanding for us.
0: Yeah, I do too. Uh, I certainly understood his cramp a lot more than I did the Sheffield United goalkeepers. Yeah. <laughs> Don't actually know where that come about when all he did was stand there and get tackled by Adebayo all afternoon. But time wise, And you know, time wise. And and, well naturally that's part of uh, away goalkeeper's um
2: Tactical make up injury that
0: lesson.
3: one, I thought. Okay, yes. I've just I've just thought of something, Kev, as well. I I wanna go back to um just reflect the West Brom game and how much injury time we had. It's still less than the average Wickham game. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing about that was West Brom after the game put on their
0: big screen latest scores. I mean, Jesus Christ! If they're not all full times when we've had sixteen minutes of injury time, they'll never be full time. It's uh, uh, it's a bit weird. Dan, what did you um, what did you pick out of that game? Apart from the fact that the goalkeeper didn't even have the decency to limp after uh, he got his so called cramp.
1: That was crazy, wasn't it? Um, but it's typical of an away goalkeeper, isn't it? Um, but no, the, the game itself, I felt I felt, you know, we, we did enough to have won the game. I felt we were best, far better than them in pretty much every department. Um, I mean, you mentioned Alan Campbell's performance. Uh, Burke and Naismith at the back was solid. Real good understanding happening there as well. Pelly didn't have his best game, I don't think. Um, but yeah, the, the one I wanted to pick out is Osho. Pick him I'll out try. in a
0: minute when we cover him in part two.
1: Yeah, he seems he playing a holding role. I, I thought he's. Is, is there anything this guy can't do? Because he's he's been brilliant every time they've asked him to do something. Um, so I'll leave it there for coming to him later on. Um, but yeah, I, I felt we had we we had enough to win. Had, had the flag not gone up half an hour after we. On your dimmer gets played through, we've won the game, haven't we? Um, if Naismith doesn't edit across the goal, and heads towards it, it's one nil. Uh, Cornett had his had the same boots he had on for the first two games of the season. He's banged another one in and he's he's on the way to his golden boot. Um
2: Your kids are still furious about it, Dan.
1: Yeah. <laughs> They've not <laughs> had he's his long Bloody
0: linesman's flag. <laughs> he's not having the goalkeeper, is he? Dan's
1: little. <laughs> no, he's not. He's still upset. <laughs> but no, I... I I mean, they haven't had 27 years of watching it like I have. I, I say to them, look, this is nothing, boys. You wait till you've been going as long as I have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it is. I, I mean, considering we we're coming back off the back of a 5-0 home defeat by Birmingham, um, it, it's pleasing that we've got a clean sheet. The only worrying thing is now that's two games in a row, especially at home where we haven't scored. Um mm-hmm. But that, that needs to be addressed, obviously. But as Jonesy keeps saying, you know, we've got injury after injury and we always seem to have a number of players out with this sort of time of year, like getting people back into it, others picking up injuries. So I think on reflection, it is two points dropped, isn't it? Um, but considering, what you know, we're having to shuffle people about fit to get a team out, um, we battered an ex-Premier League side. It was complete contrast to West Brom, I thought. Shuffle United I thought they were crap
0: <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah I'd agree with that Sheffield United more of a comedy show than they were a football show to be yeah. fair to them um, yeah you're right about the two games without a goal I kind of think that the second one the Sheffield United one was more because I presume during the week defence was more the order of training than um, attack but we've got two weeks now to, uh, yeah. to sort that out haven't we uh, okay that's the um, end of the first part of the podcast we'll let Dan's little and um, calm down uh, we will be back with the second part of the podcast we've covered the past we will cover the future in part two so join us for that